Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Laguna Beach, the podcast. As always, it is your host, Kelly. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you've had an awesome week. And this episode of The Hills is actually like a really long one. I was surprised. Usually they're like 21 minutes long, but this one was 41 minutes long. Um, So there are a lot of notes. There's a lot to get into. It basically takes place in Colorado and Paris. So quite, quite different places, but... It's exciting nonetheless. Last week I kept being like, I feel like this was supposed to be a season finale. That's what it felt like. And luckily you guys know the hills better than me most of the time. And I never was allowed to stay up to watch the after show. So that is one thing I'm realizing that I missed out on a lot because my mom was like, after the hills, it's bedtime. And I guess, and during the after show, which was actually hosted by... Dan Daniel Levy, who is, of course, from Schitt's Creek and someone else. I don't know her name. I'm very sorry. But apparently Lauren went on the show and was like, we're coming back for more. That wasn't the season finale. Surprise. So it was supposed to be the season finale. So I did read that correctly. But I truly appreciate that you guys know more about the hills than I do some of the time. (laughs) It makes my life a little easier. But yeah, last week it was actually supposed to be a season finale, but again, they came back and they were like, nope, not a season finale. Surprise, bitches. Before I get into the episode, though, I want to talk about the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Very sad. He was only 43 years old. He died of colon cancer and he's been a, he was battling it for four years. And all I can say is that's one of those moments where like you have no idea what a person is going through while he was battling cancer or fighting cancer. I don't know. I feel like saying battling. I don't know. It's something about it, but he did not lose a battle to cancer. I don't want to say that because that guy fought it. He was able to portray Black Panther. Before that, he played um, Jackie Robinson and James Brown. I, I know he played um, a few other characters, but I would say those three are like his his three most popular ones. And I, I'm curious to see what Marvel's going to do. But honestly, he became a real role model for a lot of young people, a lot of, you know, black people who have not seen themselves as a real superhero. And I can remember watching Black Panther for the first time and it was like, wow, this is an amazing movie. And unfortunately, I do think that he was just starting his career at like 38 or whenever, you know, however old he was when Black Panther came out. But he was just kind of starting his career and it's really sad. I just wanted to put that out there. And I read something, it was like, grieving the loss of a celebrity is not wrong. You're allowed to grieve the loss of someone you don't know because it might trigger a loss that you still haven't even really gone through and haven't been able to process. So if you're sad about this, I don't want you to be like, oh, well, it's weird that I'm sad about this when I didn't even know this person. I mean, I'm still sad about Naya Rivera passing away. Kobe Bryant still makes me want to cry. So I think it is a very normal human feeling to have. I just, like I said, I just want to say that, put that out there. He helped he helped really change the world, in my opinion. He helped change the Marvel Universe for the better. But yeah, I just wanted to say that before we got into the episode. At the end of this episode, Colby D. from Very Cavallari joined me. And she spilled some Very Cavallari tea, which we always love. I personally think it's a lot of fun. Um, her and I get along really well. And it was just kind of... I don't know, it was like two friends chatting, which is what I love when I do interviews. I feel like with a lot of interviews I've been able to do, been allowed to do, I always try to make it not super, I don't know, I don't want it to be too like pressing questions and 
kind of like skirt around questions, see how they feel about it. And then I will like move on. If they, if they're not feeling the question, I will move on. If they are feeling the question, I will press a little more if that makes sense. So like I said, this episode is a little bit longer. It is The Hills, obviously. (laughs) It's The Hills, um, season three, episode 19. It's called Paris Changes Everything. Like I said before, episodes are usually like 21 to 22 minutes long. This episode is 41 minutes long. So I definitely stayed up past my bedtime, like sophomore year of high school or whenever this aired, probably junior year. My bedtime was always 9.30, but if a show came on at 9, I was allowed to stay up till 10, and, well, I guess The Hills was probably on at 10. Anyway, doesn't matter. (laughs) Doesn't matter. I definitely was allowed to watch The Hills, but not the after show. Anyway, as always, Lauren starts her recap, and after so, she says, after so many ups and downs, Heidi called off the wedding with Spencer and went home to Colorado. She also says that, Me and Brody had been doing really well until news of the Paris trip. That meant putting everything on hold. She finishes with, I turned Paris down for a boy before and I wouldn't do that again. I hope that things, I was hoping things would be the same when I got back, but a part of me knew Paris would change everything. We start off with the girls being picked up from the Paris airport. They have roughly a hundred bags each. Okay, maybe, maybe they have like four bags each. The driver is a very chatty Kathy. He picks them up. I think his name is Stefan and he's very chatty. He's like, what are you girls doing? These are your itineraries. He says, everything is different here. And Lauren goes, how is it different? That's up for you to see. I don't know. To me, that's just like a movie. That feels like something that would happen in a movie. And I was really about that line. As they're driving, the girls see the Eiffel Tower. And then Whitney asks what they're going to do. And right away, the driver was like, your itineraries are in the little pocket behind my seats. You know that Lisa Love did not want them out there wilding. She's like, you're going to follow this itinerary because I made it and we are not going to have any slip-ups. Well, we all know what's going to happen. There are going to be some slip-ups because the gals are not taking this trip very seriously. I'm going to say that. When I was watching this episode, I was like, wow, I'm really frustrated. Typically, Whitney's the one who kind of keeps them on the straight and narrow. But even Whitney was like, no, we're going to be wild on this trip. I'm like, no, you are there. (laughs) I feel like Lisa Love, like, no, you're there to represent Teen Vogue. You will not be wild. But I guess when you're in Paris, you got to be a little wild. Take a shot every time I just said wild. (laughs) So their itinerary seems really long. The girls are reading through it, and Whitney also says Givenchy instead of Givenchy. And I mean, even I know that. I was kind of like, wow, wow, Whitney, you, you're you in fashion, and you're going to pronounce that incorrectly. That's pretty, that's pretty bad. <laughs> but they're excited, and they seem kind of like all over the place. They're reading through the itinerary, and they're like, oh, let's go get our ball gowns. They don't need shoes. Like, The debutantes don't need their shoes picked up right away. We can get ball gowns and then we'll go get the shoes. And let's be clear, Lisa would not approve of this. She'd be like, I laid out all these easy instructions and you're still going to fuck it up? Like, what what can I do to help you? So we leave the girls back in Paris and now we are in Colorado. And there's a nice ski montage. It reminds me very much of like a New Hampshire or Vermont. I've I've tried skiing once. I'm not very great. I can barely walk. So ice skating, skiing, snowboarding, any of that is really out of the cards for me, unfortunately, because it does seem like a great time. But we see Heidi and Queen Darlene taking a break from the slopes. They take a seat in the um, ski lodge. I think I said ski. I think it's a ski lodge. 
But Darlene's happy to have Heidi back, and Heidi says she can't stop thinking about Spencer. She's like, even though I'm here, I'm really thinking about him, and it's kind of driving me crazy, and I don't know what to do. And Darlene says that they need to figure it out. She's basically like, it's going to take a lot of work on both of your ends. You need to work on yourselves before you can be a couple again. And Darlene wants Heidi just to work on herself. No relationship. And it reminds me, I believe it was earlier this season or later last season when Spencer and Heidi visited Colorado for the first time and um, Darlene was kind of like, Heidi always has a boyfriend. Heidi just never focuses on Heidi. So I think that Darlene's kind of finally like, oh my God, Heidi's actually going to get to know herself rather than know herself with a guy attached to her. But we have high hopes for this. We think that Heidi is going to get out of this relationship and she's going to focus on herself and things are going to be better because I still think in this point, you're like, okay, well, maybe if she dumps uh, Spencer, then her and Lauren can be friends again. And that's what we want. Ultimately, we want Heidi to go to get away from Spencer and we want Lauren and Heidi to get back together as friends, or at least that's what I was hoping for. But now we're back in Paris and they go to Alberta Ferretti's. Lauren and Whitney are very excited and they're like in heaven. They're looking around, their eyes are wide, their mouths are dropped. It's like kids on Christmas. And the guy who works there, I forgot to write down his name, but he hands them the gowns and then he's like, if you need anything, here's my business card. Remember that. That's a little foreshadowing thing. But after that, they get into the car again and they're going to pick up the shoes. But guess what? There is a moment when they get there, Lauren gets out of the car first, and we see like a really bright flash, and Lauren looks annoyed, and I kind of wonder if it was a paparazzi. I wonder if it was a paparazzi getting an image of her, and obviously they couldn't just edit that out or reshoot it because paparazzi were waiting for her, but Lauren's demeanor like changes. She looks really annoyed, but her and Whitney go up to the door, and guess what? The doors are locked. There's a reason the itinerary said go there first, right? Like, Lisa Love does not do anything by accident. Lisa Love wanted you there first because that place closes first. Granted, I'm sure Lisa Love did not make this inventory um, itinerary for them, but yeah, they should have got the shoes first. Let's put it that way. And I know I said I would do a deeper dive on Lisa Love. I'm not going to do that this week. I'm going to do it next week just because this episode of The Hills is so long. But next week, you will get more about Lisa Love's background because it's actually really, really interesting and I'm excited to talk about it. But once they realize that the doors are locked, they're both really, really stressed and they look like they want to cry. They get into the car and they're like, we'll just go there first thing in the morning. And Whitney says, clearly, we should have gotten the shoes first. And then actually, Lauren said that. I'm sorry. And then Lauren says, well, clearly, we should have gotten the shoes first. And Whitney goes, either way, one would have been closed. Either either we would go naked or the girls would go shoeless. And Lauren goes, honestly, they probably prefer us to be naked at this point, which is true. They don't care about Lauren and Whitney. They need the shoes for the debutantes and they already dropped the ball. Like they are in Paris for like two hours and they've already fucked up a little bit. But Whitney goes like, she's like, I'm so nervous. I feel so nauseous. So I was, there is one scene that is not in Colorado or Paris. And this is that scene. We are at the Spidey apartment and Spencer is washing dish- dishes. It's like a really weird scene. He seems really depressed, though. He seems really upset that Heidi isn't there. Stephanie shows up, and she walks in. She's like, what are you doing? This place is a mess. Again, because he's depressed because Heidi's gone. He's, you know, they have to set up that scene. But Spencer's like, she left for Colorado. And <laughs> Stephanie goes, it's like, touche, you leave her, and then she leaves you if you think about it in deadpan Spencer like Spencer has some really solid deliveries and this is one of them he just goes yeah that's one way of thinking about it like 
thanks, sis. Thanks, Steph. Thanks for those words of encouragement. But Stephanie's just like, it isn't good because like maybe if her parents liked you, then it would be okay. But her parents don't like you. So this isn't good for you. And as much as I dislike Stephanie now, during her Hills days, she was pretty funny. I don't even know if she meant to be funny, but she was funny. And then Spencer goes, I'm going to Colorado. I need to see her. She won't pick up my calls. I'm going to Colorado. And what is Steph's advice? Nothing you have done has worked so far, so make a list of what you've done and just do the exact opposite. Again, that's funny. She's like, Spencer, you need to like just chill. You need to stay here. She needs her space. You need to just let her chill. But you know, Spencer is like, no, I'm not going to allow that to happen. <laughs> so now we are back in Paris and Lauren and Whitney just got their itineraries. It was slid under the door in the morning for them and they need to get shoes before the shoot. Lauren asks Whitney if she's taken a shower yet and Whitney's like, no. And Lauren... Her response to that, she just goes, dirty girl, like in a really weird voice. I'm like, maybe we should have seen more of that, like weird Lauren. I think we would have liked weird Lauren, but they both need to shower, get ready. And Whitney's like, how long does it take you to shower? And Lauren's like, today it takes me 20 minutes to shower. And again, I just, I think that's a funny line. I don't know. I really like Paris Lauren. As I said, this episode is very back and forth between Paris and Colorado. And now we're back in Colorado And we see Spencer landing. He rents a car and he shows up at the home of Heidi's parents. Heidi's stepdad, Tim, is out there shoveling. And when Spencer pulls up, he's very like, what are you doing here? What the fuck? You know, I don't know if this was fake, obviously, but MTV was probably like, Tim, can you go out there and shovel? Like, we need some shots of you shoveling. And then Spencer Pratt rolls up and he's like, what the fuck? But Tim's kind of like, um, what are, what are you doing here? What the fuck? And Spencer's like, I just want to get everything resolved. I miss Heidi. I want to I wanna make sure things are okay. And Tim's response is, well, a phone call would be a good idea. And right away... Spencer goes, well, her phone goes straight to voicemail and I wasn't going to wait in LA for her when I don't know if she's even going to come back. So I'm, I'm here for her. I want to talk to her. And Tim is still kind of like, what the fuck? But he's like, well, they'll be, they'll be back in a little bit, but you can, you can wait here if you want. And honestly, I feel like if like my I kind of ex-fiance, I don't know what to call him right now, was to roll up to my dad's house. My dad would be like, um, you can go to like the gas station or McDonald's up the street to wait if you want, but you can't come inside. So like I said, Spencer is currently in Colorado. He's trying to win Heidi back, even though Heidi has said like, I want space. Like we're doing this because we need space for one another. He's like, mm, I don't agree. Now we are back in Paris and we are at a hotel for a photo shoot. And the debutantes are getting ready. There's a bunch. It's like a big montage of them getting their makeup done, their hair done, getting dressed, shoes, things like that. And while they're doing this montage, you see one of the debutantes holding a LG chocolate slide phone. Let me tell you, that was my favorite cell phone of all time. I loved my chocolate slide. And like it had like a little circle that you could like roll, I guess. I don't know. Go around in a circle with your thumb. But it wasn't like the Blackberry Pearl. But anyway, when someone would call you, it would light up all different colors. And oh, I loved my LG chocolate. If I could have any old school phone back, you can keep your Motorola razors. I want that. Anyway, we see Whitney and Lauren walking in and they have the shoes in hand. They have the shoes. They're not going to be late or anything like that, even though they kind of were late. But they're on time for the photo shoot. Shoes in hand, that's all that matters. Lisa would be proud. But Kimball is running the shoot, and Kimball's the one who invited Whitney, 
And then eventually Lisa invited Lauren, of course. So Kimball's running the whole thing. And he sends Lauren to get Josephine and be ready. And Whitney's basically interviewing the girls. He's like, you know, you can ask them questions, but make sure to write down everything they say. Because this is going to be a big part of Teen Vogue. And he starts talking to the debutantes and he's like, we love smiles at Teen Vogue. Make sure you smile, okay? And he's also giving them other directions, like how this is a big event, but he wants them to have fun with it. So while the girls are getting ready, Lauren gets a phone call. And of course, it doesn't matter. Lauren's going to pick up her phone, whether she's at work, no matter where she is. Even if it's a personal call, it's getting picked up. And it's Audrina delivering some news to her. So I'm going to play an audio clip in three, two, one. What time is it there? So Lauren walks back into the room and Whitney right away can like tell something's wrong. And she goes, yeah, Brody has a girlfriend. And Whitney played like pushes some hair out of Lauren's face because Lauren looks so sad. And she says, that took like two days. You know what? We can find boyfriends in two days. If he can do it, we can do it. I'm sure Paris is full of guys cooler than Brody. This is the Whitney that we needed, right? Like the hype woman. Not only is she like, she's asking Lauren how she is, but she also is coming up with these ideas. And Whitney's like, we're going to have some fun. We're in Paris. We're going to get some boys. You ready for this, Lauren? Let's fucking go. <laughs> and now, of course, we are back in Colorado. And Spencer is there. She, he's like sitting on the couch on his phone and Tim's just giving him dirty looks. Heidi looks genuinely shocked when she walks in and sees Spencer standing there with roses in her hand and Darlene looks shocked as well. Darlene is probably like, oh my God, weren't we just saying how we don't want him around and now here he is, of course. But Darlene does look pretty upset. Heidi looks upset and Darlene knows that Spencer and Heidi need to talk so she basically calls Tim into the kitchen and now I'm going to play another audio clip, this time between Heidi and Spencer. And I have to say, I really like this version of Heidi. I feel like this version of Heidi, she really sticks up for herself. She has way more of a personality. And she also has like a backbone. Because I do agree that we did not see single Heidi really at all. And I know that this was likely not the truest storyline. But it was nice to at least see her play a single Heidi. So I'm going to play this audio clip right now. Have you just been sitting with my dad? Sure have. I didn't know if you were ever going to pick up your phone. I mean, I haven't answered the phones because I don't, I don't even know what to say to you right now. And I don't expect you to say anything to me. It's about me getting off my chest what I didn't get to say right, in LA. It's about you. This is all about you coming here. This isn't about me. You I would wanting... say it's about us because if it was about just me, I wouldn't be here. Well, yeah, I don't really want to say right now, so. So as you can see, Heidi is not very pleased that Spencer is there. Neither is Darlene. Neither is um, Tim. So let's see how this goes. But we're not going to see it because we're back in Paris. So the girls are meeting up with these guys from a band called Rock and Roll. Or maybe they're a rock and roll band. But I'm pretty sure they said that the name of the band was Rock and Roll. And they met through Audrina when the boys were in L.A. At a show that Audrina wanted to go to. Lauren met them, liked them, whatever. So the girls are walking in and the guys are all just chain smoking. They're smoking so many cigarettes. There's so much smoke in the air. 
But they're like cute rocker looking guys, I guess. They all look kind of like trouble, but also could like sing you a nice song. So you're like, okay, it's okay if you're trouble. But Whitney tells them that they're working at the ball. And Whitney's very talkative again. Whitney's really getting out of her shell in Paris and we love that. And also you notice one thing, Lauren's voice is higher than usual because Lauren is flirting with the boys. Lauren's very interested in these rockers and she wants to, you know, talk. she wants to talk like Lauren does when there are guys around. But one of the guys tells Lauren that he wants to bring them to the Eiffel Tower. He's like, we should go to the Eiffel Tower. Have you seen it? And she's like, no, I saw it when we were driving by, but just like the top of it, we haven't really gone to see it yet. So they all agree that they should go see the Eiffel Tower with a bottle of champagne and they actually walk to the Eiffel Tower. It's not far from the bar they're at and while they're there, they pop a bottle of champagne. And Lauren like looks up she goes is this the exact center and she looks straight up and she just she's so happy so is Whitney the guys are happy everyone's happy to be at the Eiffel Tower popping bottles of champagne but the girls are now back at the hotel and Lauren says Brody is a coom and Whitney's like what is what is that and she goes scum she then says that she needs to find a rebound and while they're talking about that the guys from the band end up actually texting them and they get invited to a club And Whitney's like ready to go out. She's like, yeah, we should totally, we should totally go. I want to go so bad. It's more of a dressy club. The guys tell them that they have to look nice. They have to dress up nice. And Lauren's like, we can always have our ball gowns. Because Whitney has some dresses that she can wear, but Lauren doesn't. And she, what she does is she like hems up the bottom of the dress and sews it with a really thin thread. And Whitney's like, I'm okay if you know what you're doing, you can do it. But you can tell that Whitney is very nervous about this. But she's not nervous to like go out. She's just nervous about Lauren fucking with her dress. We're back being sky high in Colorado and we're at family dinner with Spidey, Darlene, and Tim. And Heidi makes a toast to her parents. She's like, you know, my parents have always had my back and I love them so much. And Heidi goes, are you planning on staying long, Spencer? And he goes, depends. And then Heidi starts throwing some shade. She's like, mom, what were you saying about how if he really cared, he'd respect my space? What were you saying, mom? Like throwing Darlene under the bus and Darlene's like, I really don't want to go head to head with Spencer right now. That is not what I want to do. But this is the final audio clip I'm going to play of the episode. So sit back, relax, turn turn your sound down if you need to, because I know sometimes the audio clips get a little loud. But I hope you enjoy. What were you saying today, Mom, about, like, if he really cared about my needs, he would respect the space? What, what were you saying about that? Heidi has expressed that she needs some time to just be able to get her head together and some time to herself. And... Well, it all comes down to, I don't feel like we ever had any problems in our relationship until Brilliant Spencer decided we should get married. He left. On several occasions. Don't you feel like a hypocrite since you just left? After I asked you not to leave twice, and then one time I left when I need to go to my family to clear my head, you just show up. Sweetheart, I never meant to come here to make you more upset. My goal to come here was to apologize for everything I've done. If you really were thinking about what I wanted and respecting what I asked of you, and respecting what I needed, you wouldn't have come here at all. I really wanted to come apologize to you because the second you left, I realized Heidi's my whole life and I should treat her with the respect that she deserves. Are you almost done? Uh, no. Do you want me to be almost done? I'm done if you'd like me to leave. So yeah, Heidi seems just about donezo with Spencer and his bullshit. Back in Paris, the girls meet with the band at the nightclub. 
And Whitney likes the bar. She walks in, she's like, oh, this is really cool. This is a lot of fun. And Vincent John is by far the hottest of this band. But Lauren is actually making eyes with a Justin Bobby type. Like she just keeps looking at him, like I flirting with him. She's into it. He's into her. There's a lot of back and forth cuts with camera scenes. And then there's this guy, Edward, that Lauren actually met at the photo shoot because he's an escort at the ball. And the band guy seems to get weirdly jealous, kind of like that um, when Audrina was with the band and Justin Bobby was there and the lead singer was gonna ask her out and then Justin Bobby was like, no. I guess it's not even close to the same thing because Justin and Audrina were together. But anyway, it reminds me of that moment. And the band guy, like I said, is weirdly jealous. But Lauren's like, I wish I had more time in Paris. And Edward drunkenly like looks at her and he goes, do you surf? And Lauren's reaction to it was like eye roll, laughing, hand up, like hell no, I don't surf. But all of a sudden it is 2 a.m. and the girls have to leave. The girls are like, yeah, we have the ball tomorrow. We have to wake up early. (laughs) So the girls are leaving, walking down the street. And all of a sudden the band guy, um, Matthias, I think his name is, He like runs up behind them and grabs Lauren's shoulders, which is actually really scary. Like Lauren jumps. She's like, oh my God, you really scared me. And he's like, you're leaving without kissing me bye. You're leaving without kissing me goodbye. And Lauren kind of looks at him like, what the fuck? But she leans in and kisses each of his cheeks. And then the band guy leaves and Whitney and Lauren go back to their hotel. So the next morning, they start talking about Whitney, and both girls thought that Whitney would do more styling, and Whitney's starting to get, like, frustrated. She's trying to, like, talk to Lauren about how she wants to do more, and then all of a sudden, Lauren gets, like, right into tears and finds a burn mark on her dress, her dress for the ball, like, that, the dress that was spent so much money on, but Lauren's like, that wasn't there last night, and Whitney's like, are you sure? There was a lot of, like, smoke at the bar, and she goes, no, I checked last night. There was nothing on it. And Lauren starts crying and gets up and then realizes it's a burn. She goes, oh my God, it's a curling iron. I left it on. And Whitney goes, oh my God, that would do that? (laughs) And Lauren goes, um, yeah, it's fabric. Of course it'll do, it'll burn. I can't go to the ball with this gown. I really need something. Oh, do you still have that guy's business card? And Whitney ends up calling for Lauren and starts explaining about the dress and if she can help, if he can help them at all. And you can hear Whitney going, I know this isn't your problem, but we'd really appreciate it. And he apparently said, get there within 15 minutes and you can have a dress. But if you're not here within 15 minutes, you are not getting this dress. So one thing Lauren said in an interview was like, that was not me. I did not leave that curling iron on. I know I shut it off. So I'm kind of curious if maybe producers left it on just for some drama. (laughs) But yeah, my guess is producers just kind of like flip that on because there are some behind the scenes things about this episode that I'm going to talk about closer to the end of the episode, but Lauren had her podcast for a little bit, and I would definitely check out the episode. I believe it's with a girl named Stephanie. She was a producer on The Hills, and she they, they talk a lot about, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. Very interesting. Highly recommend it. So they end up getting there, and the doors are actually locked. So for a moment, you're like, oh my god, she didn't get the dress. But don't worry, he comes down the steps with it, hands her the dress, and they're off to the ball. While they're off at the ball, we go back to Colorado, and we're just with Spencer and Heidi, and Spencer goes, it's cold here. 
And Heidi just goes, welcome to Colorado. I really loved Heidi's episode during this episode and then the episode before. I feel like we finally got to see Heidi stick up for herself a lot more. But they both order some tea and Spencer says that he regrets going. He's like, I regret coming. And he says, you don't know what you want. And Heidi just feels like he pressured her and she wants to have like her friends back and her life back. And Spencer says, why don't you just break up with me? Why don't, why don't we break up? And Heidi says, well, I want you to move out by the time I get back to LA. And he like laughs in her face and she's like, no, for real. I want you out of the apartment by the time I come back. He calls her delusional, very beautiful scene, very loving scene between the two. (laughs) And yeah, so that's it. It's just like a quick scene at a restaurant where they both drink tea. And Heidi's like, I'm done. I'm done with you. Move out. Now we are at the Krillion Ball. Not Crayon Ball, Krillion Ball. Crayon? I don't know, guys. I really tried to listen to it, and I wrote it down, but I don't think it's pronounced the way it's spelled. But the girls show up looking absolutely fabulous, and the only way to describe this event is rich. This is a very rich event. Like, looking at it, I'm like, wow, I am very poor. This is very poor. (laughs) I'm a very poor person watching this. But Lauren is helping Kimball with the debutantes, and Whitney and Lauren, they share, like, a really cute wave. And I decided to leave that knock in because that was a census person at my door. And I wonder if she listens to the podcast. But anyway, Lauren and Whitney do like a really cute wave to one another across the room. And they're both excited because they know they did a really good job, even though they didn't follow the itinerary at all. And Lisa Love would be so mad at them. But she's not going to be mad at them because they're doing a great job. But all the debutantes, they like they get announced and shown and walk around with their dates And Lily Collins is actually in in this episode. So they have a big group photo and Lily Collins is right there. She's right in the front. And yeah, so that is the celebrity sighting of the episode. And Kimball seems really proud of Whitney. Whitney says, you know, she sees herself dealing with fashion more and she wants to be in styling. And he's like, yeah, you didn't seem like interviewing was your thing when I had you writing down notes that didn't seem right for you. And she's like, yeah, I really just want to get into styling. And he just goes, you should really pursue that. So this is really setting up Whitney to leave. I don't remember when Whitney leaves, but it's coming. We know it's coming. So in the middle of the ball, Lauren gets a phone call from Mateus. I think that's how you say his name. And he invites her on a motorcycle ride. And Whitney's like, do it. When are you ever going to be able to do anything like this again? Do it. Whitney in Paris is all about the experiences. She's like, do it. Just do it, okay? Just do it. But Lauren walks out and Mateus is on his motorcycle smoking a cigarette and it seems romantic like I bet you when I watched this the first time I was like this is beautiful this is romantic she walks down and he gets off the scooter so he can help her get onto the scooter and she's like oh my god I'm in a dress how am I gonna do this so she didn't do a great you know it's not graceful when you have to straddle something in a dress but she does it and they scoot off because they're on a scooter not a motorcycle And he starts just showing her around Paris and it seems really romantic. She has a helmet on. It's raining lightly. It's probably really cold, but they love it. They're having a great time and she gets dropped off back at the hotel. And by the time she gets dropped off, it's light out. So I'm kind of curious about the filming of that. But this moment, Lauren refused to kiss him and her and Adam DeVello got into a really, really big fight. And Adam, of course, was the producer of The Hills. And he was like, go kiss him. Like, it'll be a great scene. And she said, I am not your whore. 
That is what she said to the producer of The Hills. And again, she brought this up in the podcast episode with her friend Stephanie, who was also on The Hills, not Stephanie Pratt. Her name might not even be Stephanie, with a producer from The Hills. And um, she was like, I remember Adam wanted me to kiss him so bad and I didn't want to. And I screamed. I'm like, I am not your whore. So she didn't end up kissing him. She went back to the hotel and the next morning, I think, or later that day, the girls are getting ready to leave. And Whitney asks about Brody. And they, she's just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. But then Lauren says, well, Lisa did say Paris changes you. And then Whitney's like, I want to do more than this. I don't want to just be like helping out. I want to actually do stuff. I want to be more involved with styling. And it sounds like she wants to quit. And Lauren just kind of looks at her because you know when someone's unhappy at your job and you really like them but you don't want them to quit so you're just kind of like looking at them like I get it I get why you want to leave this hellhole but please don't leave me alone but I also support you because this place sucks. Yeah that's how Lauren feels about Whitney leaving. But both girls are very sad to leave and they are in the car and then we are in Colorado (laughs) and Spencer and Heidi are saying goodbye to one another And it's just kind of like a really brief moment. Heidi says, I appreciate the effort. I know it took a lot to get here. I just need a little time and I'll call you when I get back. And Spencer's kind of like, okay, whatever. Gets in the Jeep, drives back to the airport where he's going to end up going back to L.A. And we are back in Paris for another moment with the girls in the back seat of the car heading back to the airport. And they're both basically like, we had the best time. We had so much fun. It was awesome. And again, they got away with not following the itinerary. And you know Lisa Love would not be proud of them for that. But they got everything they needed to get done other than another dress. And Teen Vogue's probably like, why are we paying for two dresses? And production's like, don't worry, we had to like set one on fire just for some drama. But the episode ends with a beautiful like aerial shot of the Eiffel Tower in Paris. And that is it. That is the episode. I hope I did it justice covering it. But it's a really good episode, and I I was surprised when I saw it was 41 minutes. I was kind of like, oh shit, like this is, this is an episode. But yeah, last episode, they teased it as a finale, and then Lauren was like, surprise, we're coming back with more. And then they came back with this episode, and I think there are five more episodes, but I could be wrong. You know that I always say that just in case I am wrong. I'm like, but I told you I might be wrong. I feel like pop culture this week has been pretty quiet, other than Chadwick Boseman, of course. Um, I watched the Power, Project Power on Netflix. Highly suggest it. Jamie Foxx is in it looking real good. I have a big crush on Jamie Foxx and I also think he's a great actor. You guys know I was completely devastated when Jamie Foxx and Katie Holmes broke up, but maybe, maybe one day that will heal, but it's still, it's still a pretty open wound for me. But it's a good movie. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in it as well. He's a little cutie. Machine Gun Kelly's in it for a little bit. And it's just really different. And I feel like the whole movie, I was waiting for an answer. And then at the end, you get your answer. And it's it's nice. But yeah, other than that, I feel like I don't have too much to talk about. I am watching the VMAs tonight. So I am going to add VMA commentary to this for as much as I can stand because the VMAs are not the VMAs anymore. And it's also going to be probably a lot different because they have to do it with social distancing rules. So we'll see how they go about everything. I I am really interested. But the VMAs to me are no longer like the VMAs that we were used to with like Britney, the Britney and NSYNC. Oh, by the way, I know a lot of you are upset that I said God must have spent a little more time on you as a flop. But I also said the one by Backstreet Boys is a flop. Like you're allowed to have bands that flop. (laughs) Even though you love them, songs flop like Taylor Swift. You guys know I would die for Taylor Swift. But the song Shake It Off makes me want to scream. So it's okay to admit it. (laughs) 
But there is one performance I'm thinking of, and it's a classroom. I believe it was 1999. Britney and NSYNC performed together, and it was out of control. It was incredible. But yeah, the VMAs just don't do it for me anymore. And again, it's probably because I'm 29 years old, not 13 anymore. So so that could be it. I am going to reach out to someone who hosted TRL to see if they want to come on the podcast. I loved TRL, lived for TRL, died for TRL. <laughs> One time I was in the crowd in like sixth or seventh grade and I thought it was the coolest moment ever. But yeah, I'm hoping to maybe get someone from TRL on the podcast just so we can talk a little bit about it because I feel like that would be fun. And I tease this person. I'll tell you guys who it is. Kate Kennedy from Be There in Five is going to be on the podcast in two weeks, I believe. Second week of September, I believe she's going to be on the podcast. I guess one other pop culture thing, Katy Perry finally had her baby. I feel like she's pregnant forever. I feel like celebrities are pregnant for longer than like regular humans. (laughs) But her and Orlando Bloom welcomed a baby girl named Daisy Dove. Dove? Date? No, let me look it up before I say it incorrectly which I've already done, so... Oh, I was right. It's Daisy Dove Bloom. What a cute little name. That baby is going to be very good-looking. I think Orlando Bloom was one of my first, like, real crushes. I didn't think he was hot with his yellow wig. Yellow. Jeez, what is wrong with me? With his, like, blonde wig? But when I saw that he had dark hair and an accent, and I was like, okay, I think I'm in love with him. Now let's talk about the VMAs. The VMAs are a wreck. Let's let's get it out there. The VMAs are bad. Kiki Palmer did the best that she could, but the VMAs sucked this year. And I guess when I was watching it, I was kind of like, how the fuck are we hosting an award show when some people are losing their company that they've had for 40 years. Believe me, I understand why stuff's happening. Like, I'm not trying to say coronavirus isn't real or anything like that. I just kind of think it's a slap in the face to have, like, an award show and everything. Even though they're wearing masks, even though it seems like they are doing, like, proper social distancing, it's just kind of a slap in the face. It's kind of like, oh, this business that we've had for 50 years had to close down, but don't worry, we're going to see Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga sing. It'll save the world. I guess I just felt like it was a little selfish, and it was also really bad. Everyone was lip-syncing because they all had to wear masks. Um, Yeah, I don't really, I give it, like, a 3 out of 10. Maybe not even a 3. I was pretty bored. Lady Gaga in the weekend won basically every award. Taylor Swift won an award. I don't know who else even won awards. I think Machine Gun Kelly won. Um, Yeah, that's really all I got. VMAs, really bad. (laughs) And like I said, I feel like it's kind of poor taste to put on some show when people still don't have jobs, people have lost businesses, people are sick, people are fighting for their lives. And it's like, no, VMAs, let's watch it. And I was talking to somebody at work about it, and remember the beginning of quarantine when we all had hope? (laughs) When we all had some hope? They did that, like, living room concert? They definitely should have done that with the VMAs. I feel like that would have gone over a lot better if it was just like that that concert. But yeah, VMAs, 2 out of 10. It'll never compare to what it used to be, and please, no more award shows like this, universe. I don't need any more award shows like this. Nobody does. Emma Roberts and Garrett Hedlund, we knew they were having a baby, and today she, or the other day, she kind of, like, confirmed that she's having a baby boy. So happy for them. That baby's going to be very cute. And now we are going to get into the interview with Colby D. I hope you guys like it, and yeah. So a lot of people visit Nashville and they ask me where they should go. And I'm like, Tin Roof, that's about it. 
I mean, doghouse I love, but what are some of your go-to places when it's not COVID? I was about to say, with COVID right now, I feel, I feel like I'm like my living room. I don't know. Like, it's so hard to think outside of COVID right now. Um, gosh, I feel like Kung Fu has a really good patio. Um, Expensive drinks, though. Okay. Yeah, I I mean, also I'm a cheap drinker when I go True, out. you drink beer. I just drink beer because I know every bar is gonna have it. <laughs> um, man, I don't know why kung fu comes to mind first. Man, I get ten roof is pr- it's okay. It's not my favorite. I used to say two two bits. Two bits was yeah. my go to. I love that place. But then they merged with two uh, ten roof and I kind of don't like it. Actually, Cole and I had one of our first dates at. Uh, two boots. Two bits, not two boots. Two boots is a pizza place. Gosh, I'm like fumbling on my words. It's okay. You're nervous. I know. I'm like I'm very intimidated. I'm not sweating. You're sweating. <laughs> <laughs> so your first date with Cole was supposed to be on the show, right? Oh my gosh, we filmed our first date. We filmed him moving in, and we filmed um, a couple of other scenes, just he and I, and um, that storyline. Did not get aired for us, but it got aired for somebody else. <laughs> Were you kind of like, fuck? I was kind of irritated, yeah, honestly. Because, like, our storyline was real. Like, we were very, like, we met on camera for real. Um, we literally had our first date for real on camera. Like, every everything that we did was real and it was natural. None of it was um, edited. Was there anything that was edited? For us, no. <laughs> but I if, tried. If you, if you hear a similar storyline, you'll uh, you know put the pieces together. You know. <laughs> the one thing that Colby and I have in common is we love Taylor Swift. She doesn't love Taylor Swift quite like how I love Taylor Swift. True. What is your favorite Taylor Swift song? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Ugh. I don't know. That's so hard because like you're talking about such an icon of an artist like who has like. Even if I don't like a song, I'm going to know all the freaking lyrics. You know right. what I mean? That's what's, like, so frustrating about Taylor Swift at time. I could be like, oh, I can't stand this album. But yet, like, I know every single word, you know? Um, but I really was surprised at how much I liked her Folklore album. Um, I think she's just honestly brilliant. And she just knows exactly what the world needs to hear it every time. And I think that that's where, like... The resistance comes in sometimes where it's like, I don't want to like her because I don't want to like this message. And it's like exactly what you need to hear and you don't even realize it. You know? Yeah. Kind of makes sense. Who are some of your... So you're a singer, obviously. Unfortunately, I'm not. I cannot sing. I feel like the world needs to hear you sing, Kelly. Later. Okay. <laughs> Another white who claw. Are, <laughs> who are some of your, like, inspirations? Like, when you think of, like, why you started singing. Yeah. Um, who would they be? I grew up with Shania Twain. I was like, going to say Shania. She, she was my girl. I actually got to see her in Vegas. Um, and not going to lie, I definitely cried afterward because it was just, like, such a moment. It was, like, someone who I truly like really looked up to as an artist growing up and her show in Vegas was so incredible I got to sit like front row and then I got to meet her afterwards oh my god really amazing and I was like hi I'm Colby D like I really didn't even know how to say my name and she was so lovely and she was like you're beautiful like and I was like I'm doing music she was like keep going I was like okay (laughs) like oh my gosh and I like just remember like I went to Vegas with my parents which is the funniest thing of that but like afterward I saw them I started crying because I was like I just like met her and she was 
everything I wanted her to be in more because there's nothing worse than like meeting an icon or like this. They say never meet your idols. Yeah, they never. And I totally get it. And thankfully, I got lucky. She was everything and more. So I think that it just kind of was like a rush of emotions of like I want to do that and like she was so nice and it's do like I don't know. It just felt. Did you buy tickets to meet? I did. Okay, I didn't know if you got invited. I'm not that cool. Would you ever do reality TV again? Um, I think I would, yeah. Because now that I know, now that I know it, I think I would do it probably a little more different. Not necessarily good or bad. It's just I would have a better grasp of it. I mean, honestly, the only reality TV sh- shows I ever really watched growing up was Laguna Beach. Laguna Beach. I keep calling it Laguna Beach. <laughs> Laguna Beach and The Hills. Um, but even then, like at the time, that wasn't really considered like a reality show type of thing. But like, I've never watched Vanderpump Rules. I've never watched any of the Housewives shows. I've never watched any of that stuff. I mean, I just started watching what The Circle on the Netflix. Circle. <laughs> like that's like, whoa, Colby D, who are you right now? You know what I mean? What do you watch? What are your go-to type um, shows? I like I like mindless entertainment. So like, um, right now, like when I go to bed, I watch Heart of Dixie on Netflix. <laughs> um, I was a big One Tree Hill fan yep. growing up. Um, love Friday Night Lights. Brooke or Peyton? Totally Brooke. I couldn't okay. stand Peyton. <sighs> I know we had this conversation. I can't. No. I liked Peyton. She was so annoying. She was so needy. I think I liked Hillary Burton, so then I, I liked okay, Peyton. So that's the thing. Hillary Burton as an actress, phenom- phenomenal, great, love her. Peyton <laughs> Sawyer cannot stand. Also, like, those types of shows. I also just recently watched Outer Banks, which, like, Haven't I resisted it. watching because at first I was like, am I too old to watch this, like, teen show? Definitely not. <laughs> I watched it. It was really good. But also, like, all of these teen shows, it's really concerning because where are these parents? Like, what? They own car dealerships. Brooke Davis. Like, parents left her and went to That's California. True. Peyton's dad was, like... On a ship. On a <laughs> ship. And, like, okay, Lucas had a mom. Cool. Like, she... she like, And he was the most normal. And then, like, even Nathan and Haley, like, they, I don't know. I'm way too invested on the parent front. But even in Outer Banks, I'm like... Where are these people's parents? Like, what? You mean your parents didn't just let you sleep over random people's houses? Absolutely not. Mary Ann would not let that happen. Oh my (laughs) God. Never. So you haven't watched a ton of reality TV, but somebody was wondering if you could be on a show with any reality TV person that isn't Kristen Cavallari, who would it be? I mean, like, honestly, I have no idea. I don't even know how to answer that. I mean, it depends, I guess, what you're going for. If I'm going for, like, full, like, let me be famous and be a big shot, I'd be, like, some one of the Kardashians, I guess. Okay. Like, they're, like, up there. Right. No, you're right. <laughs> but if I'm trying to go, like, super dramatic and just, like, I don't know, want to fight someone, I don't know, like, some housewife, I'm sure. Which but, one? Like, I don't know. I don't know any of them. I literally don't know one. Couldn't name one. That's okay. I don't know. So, one thing I said last week that was controversial. Oh, my God. I'm team Backstreet Boys. Oh. Were you Backstreet Boys or NSYNC? I'm looking at your face, and I feel like you were neither. So, it's funny, because growing up, total Backstreet Boys. Like, I love them. Who is your favorite? <laughs> oh, I hate admitting this now, because he looks kind of creepy. Kevin. Ke- I mean, he's just aged. But, like, the mustache, beard, yeah. the teeth thing, and the long hair, like, you got, it's one or the other, you know? <laughs> like, kind of like a girl. You don't wear 
a smoky eye and a red lip. It's one or the other. I don't know. Well, I'm just saying. Okay. Like, you know? Yeah. Like, you gotta pick. Can't have, you can't have cake and eat it, too. <laughs> so, yeah, I really liked Kevin growing up, but um, I don't know, the older I'm getting, too, like, I really do like the, like, I like NSYNC a lot. But I did see Backstreet Boys in Vegas again, too. Wow, I've gone to Vegas a lot. That's okay. I need to reel it in over here. I like Vegas. I've been twice. It's it's a city. It's, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Looking back at, like, 18-year-old, 19, you moved to Nashville, right? Yeah, I moved to Nashville when I was 19. What advice would you give 19-year-old Colby? Oh, God. Or even, I guess, 19-year-old and then, like, Colby right before Colby starts very cavalry. Holy crap, what a heavy question. I mean, 19-year-old Colby D, I would be like, just meet anyone and everyone and just still be you, you know? I think, like, it's really easy in this town, especially in the music world, too, to kind of adapt to your surroundings. Um, I feel like I did a really good... I've done a good job of, like, staying true to who I am and not kind of, like faking it at all and I think that that's maybe why I didn't get so much airtime on Barry Cavalieri because like I'm not gonna be more dramatic or just do something crazy just for airtime like that's just not it's not my personality um but then I guess I would have given in order to get more airtime I probably would have told myself like be more dramatic um but yeah I don't know I just feel like one of my favorite things with the music side that I did was I genuinely love meeting the fans after shows and getting to know them through like social media and stuff. So I feel like that's like just, it's the best advice for me is just to be who you are and it's okay. Even if you're a dork or if you're kind of rude or whatever. It's like, not okay I mean, to be rude. No, it's not okay to be rude. No, but like I know if, what it's, you mean. if that's just your personality, like you just got to stick to it. Don't, yeah. Like you can't change who you are just because of like, your surroundings. No, I get sense? I get that because I feel like when I moved to Nashville, I started to gain a little more popularity with like a specific group, mm-hmm. and I feel like I tried to be someone I wasn't. Yeah, I tried and, and really it's easy hard. To do, yeah, you know, I tried hard to be like bitchy, funny, and like I can yeah. be that, but I'm also not like yeah, I'm not that mean. Yeah, no, I'm not either. Even though <laughs> <laughs> my face, I guess, showed differently. Whatever. Um, yeah, it's it's so easy to. To kind of play a character, I guess, and like, oh, they're doing, they're drinking all these shots. Like, I don't drink shots, and like, I think when I first moved to town too, like, I would drink a fireball shot just because everyone else was doing it. Finally, there was like a day I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I can't stand this. I hate it. And then all of a sudden, I kept putting my foot down, and it was like, Are you okay? Like, what do you want to drink? I'm like, Because I don't want to. Like, I don't have to drink just to be your friend, or I don't have to go out to these bars. Right hang out with you like if you don't want to grab lunch or grab coffee then like maybe we really aren't meant to be friends you know Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense it does make sense (laughs) that's good like just be true to yourself yeah and it's again it's like so much easier saying it almost 29 years old now versus like 19 year old like it's crazy to think it's almost been 10 years that I've lived in this town wow yeah I've celebrated nine because 10 will be in April wow yeah wow I am old. <laughs> I'm older than you. I like a few months. <laughs> I'm not 29 yet. I'm 29 September, which is like next week. <laughs> Favorite Nicholas Sparks movie? Man. This one's lame, but I just want to know. I mean, it's definitely a toss-up between like Walk to Remember the Notebook. Okay. It's sad that like people die in both. 
What does that say about Don't me? they die in every Nicholas Sparks movie, book, whatever? No. Someone always dies. At least, maybe not like the main character, but a parent at least. Someone, someone's not making it. What's the one with uh, Julianne Huff? And oh, Safe Haven. Safe Haven. That twisted the end. That was good. I remember that. Was that. Good. that was and good. What's, I can't say his last name. Josh? Demel. Demel. Hot. So hot. Oh, maybe he would actually be my celebrity crush because... I was going to ask, is he your celebrity crush? I think so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come. Well, him or like Chris or Liam Hensworth. I'll take either of the Hem- Hensworth brothers. You won't kick either of. No, I won't. But the best is like people are like Cole kind of looks like Chris Hemsworth. I'm like, I will happily take that, <laughs> especially when Cole has like longer hair. So looking back on your time at Very Cavalry, I know we talked about it a little bit. Would you say you are portrayed correctly, or do you think you are made to seem meaner than you actually are? Oh, I was definitely portrayed to be meaner than I actually am. Like I'm not. I'm not mean. Like, I can wholeheartedly say that because I can sleep at night and know that, like, I'm not a mean person. Um, I just think at the time when I was on it a lot and the drama that they had me around, um, the girl and I just didn't get along. And and you're allowed to not get along with yeah, people. Yeah, it's okay to, like, not get along with everybody. And I think that that was actually a lesson I had to learn just in life in general that it's okay to not like everyone. It's okay for everyone not to like you. Um, that was also hard for me after the show was people just attacking me on, uh, Instagram and Twitter afterward and like not feeling like I could even defend myself too. Um, that was pretty difficult, but, um, no, I'm not mean. I know that. I know that I'm a good friend. I know that I will have your back. Um, but I'm also going to stand up for myself and if that classifies me as mean, okay, that's fine. But, um, I will, I will not be put in that type of position ever again in the work field, um, to be made to feel like. I'm I'm mean or I'm a bad person or a bad employee because I'm definitely not. So cameras are gone. Cameras are gone. How do you feel? Is it like more relaxing? It's mixed emotions to be honest, you know. Um, Part of me like kind of misses it. It's like, oh, like like, it would bring a little bit of excitement to the workspace, you know, like out of the normal every day, you know. Um, But on the flip side, it definitely brings a more calm environment in the workspace, which... I'm, I'm okay with I'm very happy with so um less cattiness and more more realness you know what I'm saying listen to that tagline <laughs> second to last question oh here we go I'm gonna sip a wine for this one were you pissed you weren't on season one or was that expected and obviously season three Kristen kind of shifted the whole mm-hmm. way of the show mm-hmm. but was there ever a moment where you were kind of like wait I have cool shit going on what the fuck Season one, um, it's funny because, like, I think back on it and I'm like, man, why wasn't I a part of it? Like, that sucks. But on the flip side, I don't think mentally I was uh, ready to be on a, uh, on a show at that point because I just had a lot going on in my personal life and with music and whatnot. And also, <laughs> to say this as nicely as possible, someone had to keep the business running while the show was being filmed. Um, so while they were in Florida, I was the one who was actually doing all the work for Uncommon James and I don't mean that in a boastful tone I'm just mean that as like a, as a matter of fact you know um so I get that I wasn't a part of season one and I've totally come to terms with that and it's I fine. know it's been like four, three years yeah like so. we're good like I'm not bitter <laughs> by any means I promise like I'm not even saying that in like a joking way um I think like I do get a little bummed out with season two it's like you know, see everyone from season one definitely got these a lot of followers and a lot of things because they got more press than season two did, um, cast wise. But then season three, um, I was 
it was just weird. There wasn't a lot of um, communication on what was going to be filming and what wasn't. And for me, it was just kind of, I've, I was definitely pushed to the side for it. And again, I think things happen for a reason. And um, I'm, I'm fine with all of the above. Um, I don't feel like I missed out. I do feel like I had an opportunity. I got to say I did it. Not everyone gets to say that. So I guess that's pretty cool. But yeah, um, I know my truth. I know what I did. I know what I filmed, what I didn't, and all of that. So like, I feel content at the end of the day. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining. <laughs> You're so welcome. Where can we find you? And is there any new music coming? Is there any new anything that we can look forward to other than your beautiful face on oh my Instagram? Gosh. So extra Kelly. <laughs> um, sadly, no music at the time being, just because again, it's it's a weird time for me with music. Um, but yeah, just Colby D music, which is my handle, which might change. I don't know. Um, I yeah. think it should be Colby D Biatch. Oh, Colby D Biatch. <laughs> I'm, I'm not against it. I don't know how my mom would feel. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming. Everybody follow, yeah. um, Colby D music, Instagram. Let's be friends. We guys. love her. We love her here. <laughs> love y'all. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that. I had a lot of fun doing it. All I can say, I'm going to sound like Ellen DeGeneres, but be kind to one another right now. I feel like a lot of people are still going through it. It's been a crazy the past, what, six months now. And just try and be patient with people. Try and be patient with yourself. There was a actually a VMAs moment that really stuck with me. It was Viola Davis, who I love. I love Viola Davis. And she's like looking into the camera. She's like, be strong. Stand up for yourself. And I'm like, okay, I will. <laughs> but really, a lot of people are going through it right now. And as I said before with Chad Mc Chadwick Boseman, you never know what somebody's going through. So maybe just try and be a little patient with people, a little more patient with yourself. I saw this tweet and it was um, it was like everybody expects 140% right now, when in reality, we're still going through this pandemic. We're still going through a lot. They should be lucky to get like 40% out of you. But thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you liked the interview with Colby D. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.